Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Have you checked out the latest Ball Family Reserve collection from Ernie Ball Music Man? BFI is a celebration of Ernie Ball's heritage and instrument craftsmanship, which features some of the finest figure tone woods and finishes available. These rare pieces are offered in limited production runs and allow the public access to instruments previously reserved for family and loyal artists. This month features the bongo in wild cherry burst, the majesty in blue steakhouse, and the valentine in target burst. Learn more about where to get yours at music-man.com forward slash BFR. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast. I am your host, Joe Branton, joined this week by the pedal connoisseur, Matt Knight. I'm first. And the punk rock legend, Jay Cross. I am a legend, you're right. Yes, yes, leg you are. Leg end, you're the end of the leg. On the, yeah, the foot. <laughs> the foot. The it's probably foot a good foot. position to be, because at least, you know, you hold everyone up. Absolute you, foot, mate. You stomp <laughs> those pedals on and off. I do. Well, you don't. Pe- sorry, correction. Pedal. Pedal. Tuna. Yeah. Individual. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I've moved away from tuna pedals. I just use a headstock tuna now. It's mm. great. Do, do you actually? That's not true, right? Well, I've got one here. Always like hooked up to... Oh, actually, I don't know where it's gone. My bass is there. I don't know where the tuna is. It's on one, one of the other guitars downstairs. <laughs> what I found is I'm just like leaving stuff in different rooms around the house, just so that wherever... I, basically, in almost every room in the house, I don't have any toilet guitars, but I do have guitars in basically every other room of the house right, that's good. and um just wherever i am i just pick one up now and it's uh yeah it's good i mean i've only got amps in two of the rooms and where do you um, have tuners do you have sorry? tuners on do you have a tuner on each of the headstocks i don't have a tuner on each of the headstocks i think i've got like two or three right um what, so. what clip-on tuners do you use uh, fender ones <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know, oh, fender do- oh, of course fender do one they yeah. do every accessory Oh, that's it's just a just yeah. a nice simple one. The only the only one I have is the um, the TC Electronics. Um, they did two, didn't they? they? Did the Polytune and then the um, what was the one called that wasn't the Polytune? I don't know, mate. The Unitune. The Unitune. Yeah, I think it was called the. No, it's the Uniclip. You, oh, was it Uniclip? Yeah, that's right. Because it's the Pitch Clip and the Uniclip. Um, they're very good. They're very good. I mean, no, I think they're the great. The pitch clip is uh, cool. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. No. They, yeah. They, well, in fact, they did a... the pitch clip. They made some. Do you remember they made some Pokemon ones? At, yes. Uh, did you ever get yes. Yours? Yeah. We. Took... No, I never did. No, I never did. I was promised one. Promised. Yeah. One. I was promised a pink one as well. 
So if yeah. that they person do, is listening to this podcast... They didn't do a pink one. Didn't no. do a pink one. No. They did. No, they didn't do a pink one. My, uh, my polytune ran out of battery um, the other day, which is quite good when I think, you know, I, I got <laughs> Well, because you didn't have to tune anymore. Just, <laughs> well, you're like, I, finally, an excuse. <laughs> I think I probably picked up like four years ago, and that is, that is pretty good. But, um, <laughs> I think... Um, is, is so often the problem with uh, clip-on tuners. I think my poly clips ran out two years ago. <laughs> Have you changed the battery? Uh, I only changed the battery a week ago. Um, they were literally sat in a drawer for ages. I've just been using the Boss ones. Really? Uh, well, this is it. I mean, phone tuners are actually so good these days as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I haven't are. actually, I haven't downloaded one onto my new phone. It's going to be a toss-up. Do I get the Fender one or do I get the Boss one? Oh, decisions. Well, the boss one, you can look at, an, at a picture of a tuner. Yeah, you that's know, true. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't care, Joe, whatever you want. I liked on the on the boss one, you could switch it between the TU3 and the TU3 Weza. Yeah. yeah. That's that good. Was, uh, nice little touch, that. Does that give you, it's like, like buffer your... Yes, that's right. It's like analog buffered tuning. Yeah, with the... Uh... Yeah, phone buffered tuning. Yeah, it's very, it's very good. good. It doubles, as a, doubles as a deck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I thought it was excellent. Ah, oh, well, there you go. A, a, a little, you know, a, a start on tuners. I think um, it's important, Joe, because, you know, a lot a lot of people who listen to the podcast, they are in the Facebook group. And uh, actually, I'm not sure if you posted this up on the Facebook group or whether you just posted it up on your Facebook page. But, you know, you uh, seem to just invite everyone to be your mate. So I think a lot of people would have seen <laughs> the pictures that you put up this weekend uh, there was the first picture of you stood in front of a table of whiskies, and then there was a second picture that you put up of you laying in bed the day after, um, <laughs> seemingly regretting everything. And um, that just, you know, that just seems like another day in the life of Joe Branton. But what you actually told us was you didn't really have a booze hangover. You had, you, you, you said that you've got into chilies and you had a chili hangover. Yeah. So. Um, which you think is still going on? So I feel awful. I feel I feel like I'm coming down from a trip. I had you a- like honestly. You sound a little bit like you don't sound yourself. I don't know what it is that's going on. So <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping it's going to level out. I really I really need the the trips to the toilet to stop hurting. Yeah, so I was going to say like, if this podcast ends up like feeling a little bit disjointed. It's because Joe's disappeared <laughs> off. <laughs> I found I found this little. There's a Devon farm that does uh, that does lots of chilies. You can order lots of things either imported things like the carolina reaper which i tried but also they make their own sort of lovely De- devon you know is, is quite renowned devon reaper. Is as a, as a, there isn't a, there's a there's a devon habanero uh, okay. and there was some hot wax stuff that i tried and some ring of fires i i, I had some of those but those were the whole Sorry, you're not supposed to eat them all at once yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> give yourself time yeah, I was. I've been trying to push myself. I just think I went a little bit too well, far over if you the start, weekend. If you start with the hottest one, then every other one will just be weak. Yeah, think nice. it's, yeah. it's like pedal. That's... It's like drive. You know, you start with your heaviest drive, yeah. and then everything after that just like it just complements the sound rather than just completely decimating everything. I see. Um, of decimating course. being something that I assume did go on quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, the day after, but oh, yeah, the, the amount of sort of oat milk I've I've been trying to drink just to stem the. the it doesn't really burn. have the same effect, does it? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Hello, Jomer. Yes, Jomer. <laughs> <laughs> but I did. I did actually get a load of stuff as well at the end of last week. Um, I got. I got a load of Ashdown bits and bobs. I got two of the new Ashdown bases. I got the Saint and I got the Low Rider, which I thought oh, was ironic yes. for me. 
Um, do, Matt, do you remember these? Do you see these? At, yeah, uh, I, uh, I, I tried the um, the Lowrider at Nam um, with flat wound strings, and it was oh, yeah. incredible. Really good, really good. Um, yeah, they're uh, they're uh, the Ashdown guitars or Ashdown basses are a, a collaboration with Dan Lacken from Lackland. Uh, let them guitars and basses and so they're very very much in the same style but the two original models um that ashdown have released are their saint and the low rider and the low rider is very much a fender bird in that sort of ent whistle um style with a pair of passive eight pole big sort of music man style humbuckers but both passive so that coupled with flat wounds i think is an is an excellent pairing it's yeah. actually, you know, we we've spoken about them a bit, but it, uh, a bit, but it's it's very nice for Ashdown to have released these as like a premium range guitar because all, all those bases are around like nine hundred, a thousand pounds. And you think, you know, when Orange did their own bases a few years ago, they made like an entry level one, which was actually really great. But you know, nonetheless, it was kind of a three hundred, three hundred and fifty pound instrument. Ashdown have gone straight in with these kind of pro level things, which I think was quite sort a- of um, stakes their claim in the market in some ways. Rather, you know. Like you say, the orange ones were great, but it's, you know, offering an orange bass to someone who wants an orange bass amp in some ways. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, going for this, they're going, you know, we've got the Ashdown name and we want to make bass guitars. And rather than sort of working their way up, they can sort of work their way down almost. They can say, look, here's our, here's our flagship bass. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when, when I tried them at Nam, I was like, these are great, you know, off the shelf, just feel great sound great um so no doubt a good start for them i think in, yeah in that world yeah 100 percent. I, I thought what was quite nice as well they've actually gone for uh different pr- neck profiles and everything across the different models like i think it would almost be i know that sounds like an obvious thing but you'd almost half expect them to be some different body shapes all with the you know one standard neck because they're all bolt-on style guitars but things like the uh the low rider have a really severely tapered sort of jazz bass style neck and then the saint which is their kind of offset pj um is like a really wide flat a completely different feeling instrument which i thought was really cool i've had a lot of fun on on both i've been very much enjoying the the pj configuration on the saint especially and the saint i got was in gold uh, in a metallic gold which i am very much enjoying Nice. Yeah, no, I uh, they were a, they were a standout um base me definitely um mm. at, at at Nam. Yeah. Yeah, uh, for which sure. Which Nam feels like a million years ago. ago. Forever ago. <laughs> um and uh yeah, it's a shame there will be no no Nam in January. No. We are Namless. We we are Namless. Mainly just to hang it. out with mates and that, you know. Well, yeah, exactly. That's that's all that was for really. Um, now, Matt, you you actually uh, you've been building pedal boards uh, this week, surprisingly. Yes, yes, yeah, surprisingly. Uh, yeah. So when we recorded the podcast last was a Sunday rather than a Monday, and um, straight after that, I was like, "Great, back from holiday." Had loads of uh, packages waiting for me, um, and one of them was from our friends at Grouter Audio in Switzerland. Oh, they make um, such great I- stuff. Yes, yeah, uh, Sasha. Um, he, um, so I first met him at Fuzz Guitar Show last year. Uh, then we saw each other again at Guitar Summit. And then again, they were at the Birmingham Guitar Show. And every show he's had this vibe pedal. 
uh, on display. So he does a you know a range of drives and uh, fuzzes, and he's had a vibe and a wah. And I've been hounding him about the vibe pedal um, ever since uh, I first met him because it's I find that the hardest effect to get right. Really? Actually, yeah. you said that before. Why? Why is that? I, I think you know for me. If I ever step on like a flange pedal, it's really obvious, you know, and a phaser pedal has a particular sound about it. It's very thick. You might use it for kind of chords or, you know, if you're doing the Van Halen thing. But vibe, I can't, you know, if you hear someone like Jimi Hendrix use it or, you know, some of these blues guys, they can sort of leave it on all the time and it sounds really musical. It like sits in the mix way yeah. better. It's quite dynamic, I suppose. Yeah, it? It, yeah. And I think there's maybe something about the technology of... Um, you know, phasers and flanges and choruses are all based off like a delay signal. Um, and the vibe works very differently. And there's only, you know, a lot of people do it digitally or various different circuits, but he does it with the old photocells, which is how the originals did it. And, how, and do, do you know how that works? Kind of. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of the best way to explain it, but it's, it's a, a physical bulb inside Right. Um, that is that as it lights up or decreases is changing the LFO inside. Um, so yeah, I, th- I find it really difficult to find a musical vibe pedal and, and one that's like you know not an original because they're ridiculous money. Right. Um, and there's a few like boutiquey ones out there from other companies that are like still mega mega expensive. What other brands are sort of? Um, so there's. I think they were called this pedal called Mojo Vibe. I think the company was called Sweet Sound. I think which is one I had before, which was very good. Um, Full Tone made one. Um, there was also who are the other ones. There was a. Do you remember there was a Korg one that came out, um, which I've not seen too many people use, but it came out about six or seven years ago. That was designed by the original engineer of the original one. Um, that had like 10 sliders on so you could actually change the wave shape and came in this Ooh. massive box. And that was like 500 quid. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's a few people doing different ones. JHS make one um, called the Unicorn, which oh, works yes. in it. Yeah. Which works we in we had one way. of those, didn't we? Yeah, we, we've got one of those. And that's the first, I think that was the first Photocell operated Univibe with Tap Tempo. Actually, right. um, but you know, I've tried loads of them. Had the Viscous Vibe for a while from TC Electronics, which is the digital one. Um, Boss don't make one, unfortunately. We have the MD two hundred, the MD five hundred, but I, I really wanted like an analog one. And uh, every time I've tried that one, the the Grout one, it just sounded so rich and musical. <laughs> I just uh, I just clicked on the on the Grouter Audio Instagram and I just picked up a, a, a clicked on a picture that's got the vibe in it and the one of the top comments from seven weeks ago is Matt underscore Nightsy. I need one of those vibes so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um so I, I sort of got that out of the box and uh he um made a gold one for me right. uh, which is awesome. And uh, yeah, just plugged it in, and straight away it is just the just the best sound that I've had from like just you just leave it on all the time. Right. Um, I mean, there's a couple of extra features that he's added in, like a gain control, which is nice. Um, vibe, which kind of changes. I, I guess in a way, it sort of changes the 
balance of the LFO waveform. So at one point it's, it's really shallow and at another point it's really deep. Um, right. Obviously there's a big control for speed, so you can sort of control it with your foot. With, um, uh, yeah, huge speed rotary. Yes. Um, um, a it's slightly quite, smaller I mean, one it, for vibe. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, so you don't have to plug an expression pedal in and stuff like no, that. No, no. And um, then it's got intensity and gain on side-mounted controls. Yeah, just just, just turn those up to max. That's what well, I did. They're set and forget, I guess, <laughs> yeah, more than the that, others. That, that, was, that was my... I just turned them up to full and I was like, well, that sounds good. Um, what does the a- age switch do? Age, if I remember rightly, age, he was saying, is something to do with the input buffer. Um, because the original ones are sort of impedance sensitive, um, depending on how you run it. And then obviously if you're running a fuzz pedal after it um, or before it, that might change. So the age control is just that sort of difference. And then mode, like the original, goes between chorus and vibe. Uh, and obviously a vibe pedal is not a chorus pedal. It, uh, I don't know how, it, I can't remember the story, but how it got that sort of name. But basically yeah. one is... Uh, no dry signal, and then one is the dry signal mixed in. Um, so one sounds way more wobbly and a little bit more intense. One sounds a little bit thicker and a bit richer because you've got a bit of the dry signal added in as well. Right. Um, and yeah, just it was just great. It was the instant sort of David Gilmore thing, you know, um, loads of that sort of Jimi Hendrix. That's that's kind of what I wanted to build, like a pedal board that was like relatively simple by my standards. Um, but I was just like, I've you know, a modulation pedal that can do everything, really. Um, and what's kind of cool is it's in a, in like a massive box in terms of like height, which I really liked. It just felt like a really solid pedal. Yeah, yeah. Um, all screen printed, yeah, in a fancy gold. There's a couple of other colors that he's they, done. They look well. fantastic. I think that's you know the aesthetic of of Grout Audio across the board is is mm. really fantastic. And uh, I like the logo so that every time I I look at the bottom of the pedal, I get to see a friend's face. Yes. as it's uh, screen printed onto the bottom of the pedal um good. so yeah as as he puts in here you know musical really music effect inside there's a real light bulb um and the important photo resistors for the authentic vintage sound but yeah it's it's wow. the closest i've um i've found to like the original i guess in some ways um it's wicked really check them out there's i don't know if there's any dealers in the uk i think most of it is direct um, but I've just been like super, super impressed with uh, everything that he's done. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's yeah, great sure. to add that. So I was like, right, need to build a pedal board um, because you know I've got seven pedal boards uh, in my house <laughs> of varying different <laughs> sizes and brands. Wow. I was like, probably should you know, and just I'm starting to worry about the lack of free space that I've. Because at one point, me and uh, and and Amy are looking to convert our loft into another bedroom, and into um, a studio, you mean? Into a studio, yes. Well, I mean, it basically is a studio. If you go up there at the moment, it's just full of boxes, like guitar pedal boxes, because no one throws away a guitar pedal box, um, and then cases, and then a bunch of other stuff as well. Uh, and then I've also then loaded a bunch of stuff into the wardrobe and under the bed. So I'm I'm seriously like low on space. Um, you're gonna so get was, you're gonna get so many people messaging you on the uh, on the group saying like oh yeah I'll, I'll take some stuff off your hands Matty yeah no worries I, I was generally considering it's like maybe I should try and get like one of those um, sort of like office spaces that you can rent that's just like a single desk in it like a build a studio in <laughs> yeah, yeah um, sure. you you actually Matt uh, Matt sent uh, back to me a box of pedals that I'd sent up to him for him to have a 
and mess around with. They turned up, you know, the other week. And when they showed up, I was like, oh, God damn it. I didn't realise he was sending them back. I was like... <laughs> oh, no, any... you haven't got any space. I, haven't... <laughs> I don't have any room for all of this. This box of 20 pedals I'd managed to offload on Matt. Yeah, <laughs> A few weeks ago, Matt was like, oh, yeah, you know, have we got any cool stuff, you know, in, in the sort of guitar nerd stock, you know, anything straight out? And I was like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll pack a big box. And I was just offloading all this stuff and now, now we need some sort of like guitar it. pedal swap meet that's what yeah. we need yeah um where people can just turn up and swap gear then at least you know if you've got the same amount of stuff in your house at least it's like different stuff yeah. um but yeah so i i decided to build a pedal so one thing i really wanted on it was the snarling dogs multiple wah because you it love is that the, thing it is the best wah but it's also ridiculously oversized i mean it is the shape of and a it's human the shape foot of a, yeah um <laughs> So, so I wanted that. Uh, really been enjoying the F Boss FZ3, which is like a silicon fuzz face. Did uh, I see Blake posting about uh, an, F, an FZ3 yeah, recently as well? What? What? I don't. What? Why? All of a sudden, do people care about the Boss FZ3? Because like, all the, like because the FZ2 a... is too expensive now. That's why. Ah, I see. <laughs> so, well, what's interesting about the FZ3? Was it's one of those pedals that like flew under the radar for me for quite some time until I met a guy called O, um, who is the tour manager for Jay Mascus and Dinosaur Junior. It's done a bunch of stuff with Nick Reinhardt, knows a load of people at Fender. And um, he's like, My favourite boss pedal is the FZ3. And I was like, That's a really rogue choice. And he was like, It's the only boss pedal that's got no ICs. It's all through whole components. It's built like, you know, a boutique fuzz pedal in, in a sense. Right. Um, so it's totally different to, to all the other ones. Um, and it was very, very different to the FZ2. And we only made it for a kind of a short space of time. And the only person I've ever seen on a pedal board is, is John Frusciante used it in like 1999 to like 2001 right. um, for Californication. And that's the only person I've known that's, that's used it. So I managed to pick one up before they've probably now reached stupid value in, in price. So I've been enjoying that. It's just a great pedal. Um, and I was like, so I want that, the fuzz pedal, and the vibe pedal. Done. Then I just need a delay pedal. Um, so I was like, oh, I've got my Deluxe Memory Man back from service. Wicked. Problem is... It's an electroharmonics pedal, and I don't really want to step on the foot switch because <laughs> it might break. And um, I mean, Deluxe Memory Man prices now are just like ridiculous in, in their own way. I mean, if you want a reissue one, they're like 600 quid, which is just mad. Um, because I'm sure when we're at GAC, we're just like selling them out of a wooden box like all day long. Yeah. <laughs> For, like 150 quid or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, and it obviously it doesn't have trails. It's true bypass. So I was like, try parallel mixer, of course. Um, and gear it's of the, the year. Per- yeah gear of the year. Yeah, <laughs> stolen. Um, absolutely wicked for that sort of pedal because you can adjust the gain because it does have some sort of leveling issues, um, and then you can set it to to trails. And um, you know, if you want, you can even do a little bit of an EQ adjustment because you've got the EQ on the try parallel mixer. And I just had enough space to put a DD5 on there as well. So now I've got, you know, a digital delay and an analog delay, both of which can now have trails where they didn't have before. Um, and then I left just enough 
space I could also run a third pedal off the board somewhere with the tri-parallel mixer. Uh, or, you know, just add in a random tone generator. This episode of Guitar Nerds is brought to you by Shergold Guitars and their latest electric guitar, The Provocateur. Celebrated by Total Guitar Magazine as one of the most refined single cuts on the market with endlessly satisfying playability and a flawless set of tones. The Shergold Provocateur combines remarkable specification with a retro vibe for a unique and bona fide rock guitar. From the brand that once powered the likes of Joy Division and is now championed by modern guitar pioneers and so I watch you from afar and many others comes a fresh and exciting range of electric guitars. Designed by legendary British guitar luthier Patrick James Eggle and featuring a roasted mahogany neck and a solid mahogany body loaded with USA-made Seymour Duncan pickups, it's easy to see why Guitarist Magazine officially voted The Provocateur one of the best electrics of 2019. You can find your nearest Shergold dealer at shergoldguitars.com and if you're not in the UK, don't fear. Many UK-based Shergold dealers have super awesome international shipping options to guarantee your Shergold will make it to you in the most far-flung of places. Proudly stand out from the crowd and discover yours today at shergoldguitars.com. Shergold Guitars. Be your own original. The classic random tone generator. That's that's the cool thing about the tri-parallel mixer <laughs> is that because it's three loops, but they're all mixed into one output stage. You can have one that you don't have to do send and return. You can just do a return, but then yeah. still have an input in. So you could have a you could play it over the top of a random tone generator if you if you wanted. It is very cool. It is very cool. I think I am getting closer and closer to purchasing a tri-parallel mixer, I think. They they do seem to be a wonderful solution. (laughs) I know, I know. I retrospectively am thinking it is a fantastic product. Just just for the (laughs) just for the fact that you know, I I have to I want to be able to blend not only compression but drive as well as a you know as a I think for bass bass players, um that's that's quite a cool thing so that you can yeah, you can blend that how you want, and then there's this, you know, three loops rather than two because most what? are just uh, just two in the market. Yeah. What compressor are you using at the moment, though, Joe? Well, um, at the moment, I am. Well, I mean, you know, no one's playing shows at the moment, so you know, yeah, on, sure, on but... my on my board, on my pedal board that I would use, uh, I recently changed from the Origin FX uh, bass compressor. I changed back to the Boss. Uh, BC One X. BC One X. Um, so does that not have it's just so lively? So, but does that not have a blend? I'm not. I'm not control, sure. Then. I'm not sure it no, does. I don't think um, so. But at and, home, it's, and it's a product I should know about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't think it does. But it's 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 quite good at being so. My it's so lively. It makes everything really trebly, which is very nice. And I very much like the BC One X. I think it's great. But I think what I'm what I've come to realise is I actually prefer worse compression, like uh, compression that's a little bit too too much. So stuff gets a little squashy. And the problem right. with the BC-1X is it's really good. So no matter what you do yeah. with the rotary controls, because they all interact with each other um, as well, it it's almost becomes impossible to do that. And and it's multiband as well, and you can't really do that with multiband compressors anyway. So, so at home, I've been using the JHS Pulp and Pill, um, which does actually have a blend on it. 
Um, right. Okay. But they are. They, they, that is very good. And I think, to be honest, that's that's where this whole blend thing and me thinking about try parallel mixer is. I was like, oh, you know, being able to blend in a bad compressor sounds better to not that the compressor is bad i mean you know a compressor that's over the top being able to blend that in is much more useful than a good multi-band so you know whether it be the pulp and peel or or something else it means if you get a tri-parallel mixer it means you don't have to find a compressor with a blend on it right which, uh, okay yeah you know, which is very useful but there you go yeah it's um it's definitely worth having in the uh in the toolbox i would say yeah um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, just, I think as well, just for things like running a chorus and a phaser at the same time in parallel gives you a really different sound to running them in series. Um, and you know, if you don't, if you want to run two fuzz pedals, but you don't want to run one into the other and just have sort of like a gated mess. Yeah. Um, you know, there's some, there's some really cool options that you can definitely definitely have. Or you don't know, use it as a pedal board switcher, which I think was uh, which is quite cool. You know, and you can just have three different switches and three different signal paths yeah yeah it's pretty versatile isn't it in that in that sense like there's loads of different applications for it to kind of make it work for you yeah absolutely who'd have thought it electro harmonics making a sort of a utility pedal that um makes sense yeah it just... and it it was funny you saying jay saying about gear of the year because i was thinking about that this that this weekend going what gear has happened this year? <laughs> it's sort of this year, sort of just like stuff's obviously come out and stuff that we've been excited about. But I'm just like January, it, December when we get round to it, it should be weird. Yeah, it, it yeah. definitely feels like there's been less this year. Um, For sure. And uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what we end up talking about in uh, in December. I'm well, sure I... there's I'm sure there's loads of stuff from Winter Nam that we've sort of forgotten about though. Yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. I think there will be plenty of stuff. You know, one example of that could well be the new uh, Merchant City exclusive Reverend Pete Anderson East Sider uh, in Foam Shrimp Pink, the second Merchant City guitar um, exclusive to come in that fantastic colour. I really feel like we've lucked out there a bit with Reverend Guitars. Whenever there are exclusives and the exclusives are super cool, it's almost always... Chicago Music Exchange. Hmm. Um, so it's really nice to have a UK shop that's getting in some absolutely fantastic, uh, you know, interesting store exclusives. But this will be the, yeah, like the second thing that was Foam Shrimp Pink because we got that uh, Jetstream 390 um, mm. from them a little while ago, which was really cool. And uh, I've got the Matt West, which I'm pretty sure the pink mm. was also a Merchant City oh, was it? exclusive. Oh. I think so. I, I'm I'm certain I haven't seen it on the Reverend website in that colour. I might be I might be wrong on that one, but either way, yeah, um, wicked. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see this one. You can pre-order it at the moment on Merchant City Music's website, and it is only eight hundred and seventy-nine pounds for a, a you know the the East Side of Tea in like a shell pink with a dark roasted um, neck. So it kind of the the neck and board look more like a. Uh, Look more like a rosewood neck and board than they do a, mm. a roasted maple one. Very, very super cool, and we're we're getting one in a, in a couple of weeks as well to yeah. have a mess around on. So. And I think um, again, what's nice is very different take on you know T style guitars because Karina body. Um, you know, it's partially chambered as well, so I think everything under the scratch plate is uh, chambered, um, which is quite cool. So you know, that, that is something that they do a fair bit. Cause they did that on the on the Greg Cock as well. 
Yes. You know, that, that's chambered beneath the scratch plate on that one. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think this is um, it's great to see it in that colour. It's a great, great guitar. Um, and obviously already, I think, as well, at the same time, I, I don't know if this was announced at the same time, but if you're in the US, Wildwood have an Aqua Sparkle um edition is this uh, which, the aqua sparkle blue jet stream yeah uh the, the aqua sparkle east side of t but it has oh. a p90 in the neck oh. uh, which is very cool but it's actually quite nice to know that you could potentially put a p90 in that guitar yeah um which is cool but i think it looks great in the color you know love the headstock love the top bound only um just another sort of cracking guitar from reverend really one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah, Reverend did a live stream where they announced all their new sort of limited edition models the other day. I shared it on the on the Guitar Nerds group, actually, dear listeners. So you can check that out on facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Guitar Nerds forum. Um, Ken Hass is on there going through each guitar model by model, opening up with a sort of large um, sort of sparkle flake. Uh, it's, it's like darker than a Pelham blue, like a really rich blue jet stream. Uh, which looked absolutely fantastic. Um, and yeah, continued through onto loads of other models. We, we've got him coming on a Friday special um, soon, actually, which would be very good. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. yeah, you need to remind me of the date of that mm. one. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, I will do. Uh, what I would say is if you haven't, because uh, you wouldn't necessarily um, follow him, you would probably just follow Reverend. Um, but I would recommend following ken who is the um the owner of uh, reverend guitars with his wife penny uh has h-a-a-s dot ken mainly because not only does he post lots of pictures of reverend guitars he also has a ridiculous guitar collection of his own um and also one of the um best looking cats i've ever seen um <laughs> so <laughs> so quite often he'll post great reverend pictures and great cat pictures um so uh, yeah, definitely worth uh, following him alongside uh, alongside Reverend as well. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. He was great when we met him at, at Birmingham. Super nice, super nice guy. I mean, didn't I had no idea until he said how long Reverend had been been going. Um, was it like 93 or 96? Yeah, it was like, cr- like crazy, some sort of like... Because I think they only really came onto our radar, like, really, when we started this podcast, you yeah, know, like yeah. five or six years ago. And actually I, I remember the, the first time. time I was aware of them was like uh, I went on a... I was on a tour with a with another uh, band from Scotland and one of the guitarists in that band worked for Merchant City Music and so everyone in that band played Reverence. And that was the, <laughs> that was the first time I'd seen them. Yeah, I think um, someone bought one in for repair at GAC once. Three P90s. It might have been the Charger. I was like, oh, this guitar is wicked. Yeah. Like, you know, never seen one before. And I'd never saw another one until, really, we'd started in, until probably just a couple of years ago. Yeah. Well, it was yeah, the sure. um, Billy, not Sheehan, the other one. Gibbons. No, the <laughs> no. other one. <laughs> That's uh, another Billy. Uh, yes, it was that signature model, the uh, Smashing Pumpkins signature. Yeah. Model, oh, the Billy it? Corgan. Yeah, Billy, Billy Corgan. Corgan. Yes, yeah. thank you. There you go. Yes. That's right. Yes, his uh, his his rather odd silver burst <laughs> with a typed, with I a chrome believe, plate. I'm completely blank, and I just yeah, typed me too. Google to Billy <laughs> Smashing <laughs> to see what comes up. <laughs> they should um, they should do like they should be like a new um, like you know how uh, there was a tour a blues tour like 20 years ago. I think it was called like the Three Kings. It was like Albert King, BB King, and the other king <laughs> i can't think of his name either just do like three billy so it's like billy corgan on guitar billy gibbons on guitar and billy sheehan on bass yeah. we just need a famous billy for drums you could have billy joe armstrong on vocals yeah and um, I, like, I like the idea of this band billy bob thornton i'm sure he plays something <laughs> he could probably method actor drummer <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes exactly exactly he could um, yes. Anyway, we should uh, we should we should talk about some some new some news. Let's move on and talk about some news. I thought that was news. It was. It was. I guess it was kind of news, but I'd put it in the introduction section. I thought it was weird that you kind of you skipped over the 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 news. Wait, did, did we you? did we have any Patreon people this week? Um, we. I forgot to check. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> this this uh, this chili has been uh, is is really affected my performance. I was going to say otherwise, those people are going to be like severely yeah, I'm disappointed. So sorry, uh, and and there are so. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was going to say if so, not, then please hurry up and uh, support us on Patreon. But if there are, we should probably give them a shout out. Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, uh, welcome to the ten tier um, uh, uh, tier. The ten dollar tier. Wow, the ten dollar tier. Welcome, Kristen Abbott, to the ten dollar tier. Your your name will be sung out on the on the podcast song on the end of this uh, podcast. Legend. So welcome. Yes, Can, there um, go. thank you very much. I, I think I've just thought of the post mod mode tier. Oh yeah. Um, Careful, why don't, don't, say, don't sign us up for anything, Matt. No, you, no, I was going like, to sign Joe up for something. Oh yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I was going to say, why don't we say like if we get to like seventeen fifty. Like Joe eat like ten Caroline Reapers like live on camera or something, you know, just for the Patreons. I think we should. What we should do is we should we should find like a um a, a weekend excursion to a TikTok house and send Joe off with a bunch of like uh, desperate TikTok people. Um, and what is, just see what see what, what, see what he comes up with. See what see what happens. What is a TikTok house? You. TikTok house is where is where like people who do TikTok live 
and they like clockmakers. No, TikTok is you're. A, it's like you, Instagram for like, even younger people. Yeah, you're into like marketing and that. It's 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 like the new. Yes, yeah, what people who are younger than us use on the internet yes, instead yes. of no. I, I do know. My my we're, my niece we're... makes me do learn routines and do TikTok dances. Yeah, oh, yeah. exactly. What's, what's I see, her I TikTok think, account? I'll check it out. <laughs> I think you should. I think we should. Uh, we should find you a TikTok house to go and live in for a month, like Big Brother or whatever. And uh, yeah, just see what see what you come back see what you come out as. I think that'd be oh. fun. Yeah, I mean, I imagine a murderer is what we come back <laughs> as. But yes, yeah, well, anyway, anyway, yes, we we are we are in the news section of the podcast, so we should talk about some news. We, we I, I made a you know a fair a fair old list of news before we started this podcast, but a lot of it we didn't feel was very exciting. But there was one piece of news, so we're going to isolate our news this week down to one, and then we're actually going to do some questions. Jay Cross, why don't you tell us about Walrus Audio? So yeah, this has just sort of come out of nowhere. Um, loads of videos from uh, people that we know and like and also Ryan from Six Cycle Hum uh, have <laughs> just put out um, the uh, just announced the new Juliana from Walrus Audio uh, so the Julia obviously a pedal that we have talked about in the past uh, that along with the Lillian Phaser um, are a couple of modulation pedals that we we all hold in real high regard and uh, the Juliana is, is basically an expanded version of the Julia uh, Chorus Vibrato so uh, there's a couple of very cool extra features in there uh, the obvious ones being that it's now stereo in and out whereas the uh, the original Julia was just uh, regular uh, mono in You've also got tap tempo, um, so you can uh, get in whatever speed you want. Um, there's a uh, couple of extra switch. Well, there's an extra switch on the front, so you can select various rhythmic subdivisions, um, which you couldn't do on the previous one. And there's also, uh, when choosing your shape, on the previous one, you could only go between sine and triangle, and they've now added a random mode, um, which is quite cool. Um, and there's also a couple of hidden features um, which you can use by um, holding down on either one of the two switches. So if you hold down on, I think it's the bypass switch, uh, you can actually, and then ch- and then change the uh, rate knob, you can actually set a secondary LFO, uh, so a secondary LFO speed. Um, and um, then when you, so like you can have two speeds in there. So when you want to go from one to the other, you then hold down uh the tap switch and it will gradually either ramp up or ramp down to the other speed that you have and yeah there's not many there's only one other uh kind of chorus pedal that i can think of that does that so um that is quite a cool and unique feature there's also another hidden function on there which is um the adrift function and so essentially what that does is you can it does basically the same thing but with depth uh the depth control so you hold that and you uh, you to enter the momentary uh, like hidden feature mode, you hold down the one of the switches and turn the depth control, and then what that does is basically allows you to have a like secondary depth, um, which moves kind of in random. Uh, so again, you're just getting a bit of a like a a weird um, a we- what they they describe it as. It's kind of like having a little robot inside your pedal moving the rate knob up and down. See manual for details. 
you'll like this one, <laughs> uh, which is quite nice. So, um, yeah, there's loads of stuff going on there. Um, it also doesn't seem to be too much more money. Um, the Walrus Audio website has it at $249. And just looking on a UK retailer here, the original Julia is 179 Right. So I would suspect this is probably going to be, you know, it's probably going to come to market at 249 between 200 and 250 quid. Um, and, yeah, it seems like there's a lot going on there. We yeah, know about Walrus, cool. great company, some great pedals. We know about the Julia, fantastic um, piece of kit. So, yeah, I think this will be a very, uh, very nice little um, bit of modulation to have. Yeah, wicked. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely get us uh, get us one to, to try out. And, and hopefully there you go again, another product suitable for gear of the year as we do get ever closer um, to, to that point. But, yeah, wicked. Um a another fantastic pedal by a fantastic company gentlemen shall we uh shall we do some questions uh, from the facebook group not something we often get round to but i Question. feel uh, i feel we should do it yes i mean that's not the jingle anymore that was the jingle <laughs> can you do it for old time's sake can you just do it for old time's sake i have a really nice okay fine i'll do just, the just uh, for okay. old time's sake <clears throat> here we are <clears throat> Question. No, 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 no. no you don't no, think that's I've got rubbish. Um, that's rubbish. Okay, fine, that's rubbish. Right, don't, well, don't ever do that again, Joe. I'm sorry. I apologise. Okay, Jordan Hess says, "What does Matt play through at home? Is it the full rig, or does he have a little jam setup?" Well, I mean, we kind of covered this earlier on because we talked about your new, your new board. But Matt, yeah, do you actually ever play through your full? range of gear or do you have it's, something that makes everything a bit more convenient for you no uh, no i don't like being convenient um no i try and i i try and vary what i plug into as often as possible because otherwise i just end up playing the same thing over and over again and i'm just like i've got all this gear doing nothing um right. which is kind of why i built the um that pedal board and then also another pedal board uh, which only has three pedals on it um and then yeah what? Yeah, yeah. I was I was trying to build a board. I was talking about it a few weeks ago, just for the the Alton amp and using a bit more oh, gain and yes. and that sort of stuff, and just trying to vary what I'm using. Um, but a lot of the time, recently, um, if I'm taking a break during work, uh, which is not often, um, I've been using Wazer Air quite a lot. If I'm being perfectly honest, um, right. they sit on my desk on a little headphone stand, and I just leave them plugged in all day. Um, and then when you put it down, obviously it just goes to sleep. Just pick up the guitar, turn on. And I'm just like, great, like five minutes, and uh, there we go. So that that's been really good. But to be honest, most of the time I actually just want to hear stuff through a speaker. Um, yeah, I think we were talking about it last week and the neural DSP plugins. So it's like I'm still not used to like hearing stuff through monitors and playing back through monitors. Right. Um, so I always like plugging into an amp where I can. And you have so many. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I have a few. Um, do you quite... own anything that's low wattage then, or do you do you have to make that sacrifice living in a flat? I've got my uh, JC twenty two, right, okay. which is thirty watts. Um, but do you ever just use that on its own then, or do you, sometimes? Do you... If I'm just sort of, it depends. Quite often, I, I've it'll be like one day during the week, and then one evening during a weekend, and I'll just be like, right, what am I going to plug in? And I'll just pick a few bits and then I'll, I'll just stick with that rather than sort of like five minutes of plugging this in and then like five minutes of plugging that in and then right yeah and I, and I try and cycle the guitars around as well I'm sure many people listen to this podcast are, you know I've got a couple of guitars um and it's difficult to sort of like you know if you're only going to play for an hour 
you know a couple times a week which is is what often what i do it's like what i don't really want to change you know you get into playing a guitar for like a little bit i'm like i don't really want to like swap my guitars every 10 minutes um so i do try and cycle what i'm playing i try to avoid playing at the moment what i'm trying to do at the moment is play unplugged um mainly because i'm sort of trying to put in a bit of actual practice and like try and learn a few different licks or like chords and and stuff or you know songs and i just find like unplugged although it's just good for just 20 seconds it doesn't really help you play better or like you know if you dial in a sound that you can you know learn a few licks and and stuff a bit better i tend to find so i'm trying to avoid playing unplugged um at the moment and one thing i did dig out which i haven't plugged in for ages is my little roland microcube um because i can put it under the desk i can use it as a foot stand under my (laughs) under my desk (laughs) and have a lead plugged into it at the same time um for ages i was using it as a monitor on my laptop (laughs) and then uh and then i bought some sort of like cheapish cheapish monitors i've been using but that's that's really good of course you have cheap monitors yeah, I know. Well, I actually only really want them to listen to music. Um, All the more reason to spend money. On I know, them. I know. I've actually got a really nice pair of like, um, like proper stereo um, monitors in the living room for my record player. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, I should, I should really buy like I had, I had some KRKs for the longest time, and they were really good. Um, but I went to a friend's studio a few weeks ago, and he had Adam A Seven Xs. I think oh, they're like the Adam Audio ones, yeah. Yeah. And uh they just sound amazing. Mm, I'm just like sure. wow. I mean and, it's like when you go to a proper studio and the first time I heard um when I when we went to Metropolis, which is where the Boss Art Centre is, I think one of the studios, the monitors are hundred and fifty thousand pounds per. <laughs> like the ones that are like mounted into the walls. Yeah. And uh they played like an eight oh eight kick drum through it and I felt like someone had just like punched my through my chest and i'm like it must be great to like you know there's that classic sort of joke as like you know musician spends like thousands of pounds recording so someone can listen to it through some iphone speakers and you must just think us hearing in the studio is obviously just the best experience then you just like Mm. hear it through like an iphone speaker you're like "Mm, great yeah I speak about it a lot on the home recording podcast um, about monitors. And, of course, the big sort of... It's funny because, you know, on uh, across this series, I interviewed different, uh, more talk to, different producers. And there's not even a consistent message from them on, on how they feel about, you know, what monitors are good and what are bad and what things in a home studio you should be throwing your money at as opposed to, you know, yeah. what things you should just be learning to use it's, the most. Um, it's interesting, actually, because... I've sort of got a bit into, probably a bit late compared to a lot of other people, but Billie Eilish. And um, her brother, like, writes a lot of the music with her, and he's the producer. And the whole first record, which came out, I think, last year, which is obviously spawned, like, seven number one singles. I think she's now the youngest person to ever have a number one single in the UK. Um, He did the entire album in his bedroom in L.A., on a pair of like um Genelec monitors and a MacBook. Really? Wow. It's just like it is mad that we're at that point. Yeah. You know, really, I mean, when you think about it, it it's just they're just like why would we spend the money on a studio? Well, yeah, I mean, if and you I, set up a home space correctly, I think you can do a very good yeah, job. I think but... um the only 
the opposite to that is um, if you take, I remember reading about when the last Daft Punk record came out and they were like, right, well, what we want to do is do a record that is not what we usually do. It sounds like us, but it's there's no samples. It's all real musicians. And um, we can afford to, one, make the record and not pay a record company. So they were like, we'll pay for the entire recording. And if we don't like the record at the end of it, we're not tied to a contract. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's one bit where they talk to Giorgio Moroder, who's like a really, really famous producer. He produced... Um, they, they put that on the record, didn't they? Yeah, Donna Summer, I Feel Love, is, yeah. was um, his record, which Brian Eno famously said, heard, heard and then ran into studio being like, I've just heard the future of music. And um, they interview him. And I remember reading about it, They used 40 microphones to record his voice. So it's like, if you've got the money and the time, and I'm sure like it's like, oh, I can just experiment, then go for it. I mean, I think I remember reading Discovery, which is one of my favourite records. There's 12 tracks, and they use a different phaser on every track. So I mean, there's never the same you? phaser. Yeah, exactly. So I think um, it, it does vary, but it's amazing what you can do with a home studio absolutely i think daft punk are probably the exception here i'm I'm not sure that that's that's <laughs> sort of cool. the home recording that joe's talking about to be, to yeah be yeah just not, uh, not trying home... to, you know like poo poo your opinions or there. um i remember watching an interview with dead mouse and he's got one of the only i think one of only like four or five dolby atmos studios in the world um so dolby atmos is like a hundred speaker stereo system Oh, of course it is. That is like, it, doesn't ha- it doesn't have to be. You can because you can do Atmos at home now. Yeah, but that's just boring. Yeah, yeah. Fair, fair, I mean, fair also, also, his studio is like a suspended floor studio, and it's got like a Dolby Atmos system in it. Um, but I mean, that's pretty nuts. Like, yeah, see if you've got the money. That is the you? thing that stops me from uh, from getting into home recording is like being tethered to the foundations of the building. It's yeah, yeah. I need a flat. Yeah. I need a floating studio. You know, like David Blaine's Ascension. I want exactly. that, but like That's, a studio. Otherwise, <laughs> do you see what he did this week? You see, he just like went out to the desert with some helium balloons and just yeah. like just Ralph Wiggum himself, just like <laughs> just disappeared up into space, like just mad. Wow. Okay, I see. Well, um, there you go. Well, yes, I think you know. I, I, my my takeaway from home recording, I think it's it's more about like um, it's uh, knowing your room. And knowing your equipment, and I think you know once you once you know that and you understand how um, <clears throat> how the sound waves work in your space, I think uh, you know there's some really great stuff can be achieved yeah. with home. I think um, knowing your your equipment is like super key. Um, and actually, just in terms of you know answering the question, going back to the question about using a full rig and, and stuff like that, mm. the only thing that I, I do find is quite often if you change stuff that you're using quite a lot or you're fortunate enough to have quite Which a few different bits and pieces, um, you don't tend to like use it as much. You don't tend to learn it as much. And I watched yeah. a really old rig rundown with Mike Einzinger from Incubus who's used the same pedal board for really pretty much i think since about 1999 so um, what's on there like a tube screamer a dl4 no, <laughs> probably no, a whammy no so he no. uses a ds1 <laughs> no it was a digitech tone driver do you remember them <laughs> gosh no i don't remember they were them. The, they oh, were God. like the solid metal boxes the same one that the envelope filter came in that was one of his pedals mm. dan electro real echo <laughs> Oh, I mean, great. Wow. great How has great. he got one of those um, that's lasted that long? Oh, my goodness. I know what the tone driver was. 
They're like 20 quid. Yeah, they're like 20 quid. <laughs> two Boss PH2 face shifters. Why two? Because um, he has them set to two different sounds, basically. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, a DOD gonculator. Oh, um, wow. That is actually good. And then, what else was there? Oh, yeah, Holy Grail. An RV5. And Ooh, getting a little bit up to date there, RV5. Yeah. I don't know, that was pretty discontinued quite a while ago. <laughs> uh, it's probably new when he built the pedal board. And um, I think like a delay pedal. I can't remember which one now. Um, but not that's a like, DL4. That's got to be no, a DL4. No, no, I think his pedal board was built pre-DL4. What? Oh. <laughs> um, and he's, he's sort of like never changed it. Because he's like, just works. And he just well. knows how to use it inside out, knows how to get all the sounds of it. And it's just like, yeah. It's just mad, really. Wow. Wow. I change yeah. my setup like every two weeks. Yeah, exactly. I never play the same thing for sort of, th- you know, long enough to have two band practices in a row. <laughs> but I think that I think you're right though, Joe. It's, it's for me, like especially getting into home recording, I'm just like I'm too scared to commit to like just plugging in and going, This is what I'm gonna use and this is how I'm gonna record it. Right. Um and actually just like sitting down, I'm too wishy-washy when it comes to like learning stuff in terms of like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'll plug it in. Oh, it sounds great. Oh, and then like two minutes later, I'm like, oh, I'll just plug this pedal in. And I was yeah, like, the, I think the next I just thing you purchase is always and... going to be the thing that's going to change it for you. Yeah. That's... Yeah. I just, you know, I've got to actually sit down and use logic. Yeah. Yeah. You know. The, the, the door, not logic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes. Understanding how to use your door is, is definitely the, you know, one of the first steps. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, uh, next question up. Chris Turner uh, has asked, what um, EGC guitar should I buy? That's electrical guitar company. What electrical guitar company should guitar should he buy? And they do. They, they have quite a substantial uh, range electrical um, guitar company, of course. You know, we've spoken about them a lot on the podcast. They make um, aluminium necked, often um, aluminium bodied guitars, all, uh, often all uh, from the same billet of aluminium. So the neck and the back pan are all one piece and then the front will be loaded either with wood or with aluminium. Um, and they do a lot of bolt-on stuff as well. So in, in with that, they move into kind of uh, plexiglass ranges, or I'm sure they don't call it plexiglass. I'm sure they have a posh name for that material. But um, but yes, they have um, you know that uh, all, all of that sort of stuff as well. And quite a few body shapes, quite a few pickup configurations. Obviously, they are a custom shop um, first and foremost. But they have a range of standard models and signature models that you can choose from as the the base uh, that your guitar is going to work from. They are very expensive um, electrical guitar company instruments. I mean, they are made out of a single billet of aluminium. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's just like, I think um, they're, just, they're just like nothing else really, are they? I'd love to play well, one. They, they are. They're like Travis Beans. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. Um, well, I mean, they make a lot of other body, other body shapes now. Um, yeah. I mean, I was, I was having a little look earlier, and the one for me is the Series Two, which is the kind of Mosrite style guitar. I just think they look so cool. It looks so cool. Uh, Either that or the. Um, Oh, the series two, yes. Yes, either that or the five hundred, which is the Albini 
um, yeah, type guitar. So they're just, yeah, they're just, they're are wicked. You? It's just like you say, they're they're a custom shop, and it's just one of those things that it's like committing to exactly the right thing. It's very yeah. difficult for us to be like, yeah, get that one, mate, because yeah. Well, I yeah, I was uh, <laughs> I just went to the I clicked the buy. Uh, button on, oh so uh, did you go website. to the reverb shop for example yeah well i think um <laughs> you can actually start specking out stuff and then oh uh, yeah oh yes dangerous. right yes you can i've just i've just specked out a baritone series five which is like the jazz master with a 30 inch neck yeah um that's the kind of thing that i i would i would go for with a full aluminium body nice. in acid dipped oh yeah that sounds Ugh. good yeah uh what there's actually there is actually one available for sale that's up for sale on uh in in the uk at the moment oh really on on the yeah 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 second hand one that's up for sale on the reveal website which is in uh, it's like a jazz master they're calling it yeah it's like a jazz master basically and it's uh three pickup um all anodized gold like the whole thing the body and the uh sounds a bit much It, it? it actually looks fantastic. It looks, really? yeah, it looks, it looks amazing. How, how much is it? Uh, three and a half grand. Oh, that's actually okay. It's not on... like crazy for 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 the you know the EGC stuff. On yeah. uh, on their shop, on Electrical Guitar Company's shop, they actually have an old Travis Bean that, on yeah, their yeah. reverse store. An old TV five hundred. It's the fourteenth one. It's the fourteenth one. But it's still eighty-one and a half thousand pounds. Um, with a ten percent price drop, so, I um, so. I'm looking at this now, going, oh man, some of the spec options you can have are ridiculous. Three humbuckered, basically jazz master yeah. shaped, all aluminium body guitar with a thirty inch neck, and then you can put, and then it asks what tuning you want it in. I've just oh. put six A's. What what price? Six A's. <laughs> <laughs> what um, what price are you coming out at? You know, uh, that is coming that. out at. What's that? Three thousand two hundred, three thousand four hundred. Well, that's about four grand. Yeah, I mean the one that I just worse. quickly specked up didn't. It wasn't. It wasn't astronomical. By any, it was um, like three and a half grand. You know. I also like the fact that their address is two four four one First Avenue South Irondale. Um, I just thought that was you know nice. yeah. quite interesting. Irondale, Irondale. <laughs> and, and in AL, what's AL? Arizona, Alabama. Alabama. Um. I want one now. Now I've just yeah. looked at them. I haven't looked at Fraser. I'm like, oh, I want one. I, um, yeah, I, I look at them every now and again and think about getting one. They are so much money, but I definitely I definitely make buy enough bad decisions that I could just, you know, save I thought you were about to say, I definitely make enough money to be able to... <laughs> no, I definitely buy enough guitars that I get bored of very quickly where I could just save up a little bit more. The um the King Bozo is uh is interesting. Oh, part of their signature model range, yeah. Because it's like, I think it's like aluminium body, but it's got see through control yeah. um plates, yeah, stuff which look quite cool. Yeah, they um, do. They do a few bits like that. They've done an SG, a Perspex SG. I can't remember who plays it. Is it the guy from Kinkers and Lizard Wizard? No, it's not them. It's another similarly, um, sort of um psychedelic proggy. Sort of punky band. I can't remember. Damn. Who but, are you uh, talking about? Sorry. So um, a, a a particular player who plays a an electrical guitar company, Perspex SG, oh, with okay. an aluminium neck. I just can't remember the band. Um, it's it's not Kingers and Lizard Wizard. The so 
The one that's on the website, the Scott Kelly. Oh, is it on their website? Is that I what you're talking see... about? Uh, I no. It, I... The Scott Kelly is like a a, a double cut. Um, it's not an SG, but it's like a double cut uh, acrylic bodied guitar. I see. Um, oh yes, I see it. No, it's not that one. Okay. No, it's right. it's one that they've done in the past for someone right. else that, I, that I've seen. But uh, but yeah, actually, that Scott Kelly does look fantastic. Perspex guitars. I've never owned one. Either of you? No. Tried a um, <laughs> played a Dan Armstrong. Played a couple of Dan Armstrongs, and yeah. they're great. But like, yeah, no, never, never owned one. Yeah, I uh, yeah I remember trying Dan Armstrong and it just it was cool. I, I, they're just a very very unique sound. Um, when we saw Jay, I think you were there when we saw Torch at the Haunt a while ago. That I think they were playing these at that time. I think I can't remember. Um, but generally, uh, like I, um, I just I always think it. Melvin's I, I, playing those just ridiculous sounding guitars, basically just super heavy i think if you're probably doing like clean stuff i think maybe they're not the greatest guitar in the world for that i just think you need to smash a bunch of gain through it super super heavy. they're very full spectrum tonally i think that's kind of the the sort of backbone of electrical guitar companies or sort of perspex and aluminium guitars in general and just a very you know a very yeah full sounding instrument so Mm. yeah it's definitely you have to partner them with the right amplifier i do think you can do cleans with them but you definitely have to partner them with the right sort of thing uh, and i think they're very much a totally different uh, totally different beast but that i mean that pretty much brings us up to time for this week's episode of the guitar nerds podcast we're uh, we're of course going to be continuing over on our patreon where we're going to be taking more questions from the facebook group facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum now you can of course um join us on patreon there are three tiers at which you can do that a dollar a five dollar and a ten dollar tier the dollar tier will get you this regular episode ad free and early every week the five dollar tier will give you access to all of our back catalogue of patreon exclusive episodes and the ten dollar tier will mean that i will sing your song normally sing your song i will sing your name in a song at the end of each episode of the podcast which is simply wonderful um, but uh, you can of course follow us on all of the major social platforms with at guitar nerds or join us on our facebook group facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum thanks very much for tuning in and we'll be back next week with more of this guitar nerdery farewell cheers gang see ya John Hughes, Michael Howard, Brian Hudson, Shane Nevin, Jeffrey Wax, Eric Hammer, Samuel Frost, Brian Eisler, Gavin Vanden Linden, Jacob McGee, Scott Outing, Robert Butterworth, Simon Milborn, Marcus Alcarawaki, Stuart Robson,
ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.